So Mitch Trubisky puts this ball way up in the sky. And I'm standing on the sideline and I'm watching this thing head way down the field. Calvin Austin is sprinting under it. And the ball appears to be so grossly overthrown that you're sure this will be another example of Mitch's early troubles in camp. Well, it was, just not the way you think. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates where you found this long story short, meaning the long pass, it ended up being caught by Austin. It's a fairly simple drill. There's no coverage. The receiver has to go run around a coach who's put out there as a decoy and then just take off down the sideline. It challenges the quarterback more than it does the receiver because the quarterback has to have just the right touch for the individual's top speed. So when Mitch puts this ball up, and the first thing that I'm thinking is, that's just a terrible overthrow, and you watch Austin running under this thing, the next thing you notice, and you can't help but notice, is that he takes this grotesque overthrow, (laughs) and he has to turn around and come back to the ball because he's so flipping fast. This was a thing I'm not going to soon forget, okay? The drill had seen a lot of different quarterbacks connect with a lot of different receivers, and more often than not, if they overthrew, they were doing just about right because you challenge the receiver. You Give the receiver the option. They always will tell you that they prefer this to be able to run under the ball. You've probably heard that term. Well, (laughs) Austin ran past the point of running under the ball and had to retrace his own steps because he was too fast, not only for his quarterback, not only for the ball, but for himself. This kid is, oh, what's a safe adjective two weeks into camp? intriguing. Useful is another one I might throw in because I really hope that there's a way to get this kid involved. Maybe we're a little bit stung around here when it comes to the small, super fast wide receiver types because we've had Dree Archer around. He wasn't a wide receiver, but you know what I'm getting at. Chris Rainey, somewhat in the same mold uh, Ray Ray McLeod, not as fast as the two guys I just mentioned, but a, a kind of a squirt bug receiver. And you use them either in gadget situations or in the case of Ray Ray, you overuse them because your quarterback just kind of lost faith in some other guys that he was throwing to. I don't know another way to explain that. And then there's this kid who seems to be doing everything in addition to flashing this breakneck speed on virtually every drill. This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by Point Park University. Choose from nearly 100 career-focused programs leading to bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees. Choose when and how 
you'd prefer to do that studying, whether it's at Point Park's gorgeous downtown Pittsburgh campus, whether it's online, maybe a flexible hybrid format would work best for you. Find out more about all of this at pointpark.edu. Now, let's run through the various receiver candidates since I was watching Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool uh, work out a little bit. And Deontay did participate in, in this drill, by the way, because this wasn't one of those you know team-wide drills. You're not going to get hurt doing this. So you got Deontay, you got Chase, you got George Pickens, you got Miles Boykin, and you've also got Do Not Forget About Anthony Miller. And I'm not even getting into Gunnar Olszewski and a couple other guys that are maybe you know more in the special teams category, but you have to make it as a wide receiver before you get assigned to special teams, if that makes any sense. You go on the depth chart as a wide receiver. I think the team is going to end up keeping six. I think there will be some tough calls at the very end, maybe tougher at this position than any other when it comes to getting to 53. But that, that isn't even where I want to take this. I want to take this from the standpoint of how do you get Calvin Austin the third involved in your offense? Because there have to be ways. Sometimes you just get a player who's got a certain talent that you need to create a way to put that talent to work. Now, no, you're not going to be making a ton of uh, deep bomb passes to your 5'7 guy or however tall he actually happens to be, but it's a wonderful card to be able to pull out in some capacity, in some game where nobody'd be expecting it. Austin, if you go back over his college tape, he will show that he catches footballs downfield. And I understand there's NFL separation and there's college separation. And when you're Austin, you can create separation of an extraordinary kind at the college level. Well, I got news for you. He's creating separation in Latrobe as well. He's creating it before the catch in making himself open, which, by the way, Ray Ray was pretty good at. And he's creating mind-blowing separation after the catch. Now, there's all kinds of qualifiers that have to come with this because we're watching him catch. And in these drills where there's no contact, no pads, that means only as much as you'd care to put into a foot race between Austin and, say, Terrell Edmonds. And yes, he actually one time just completely smoked Edmonds and pulling away from him, and you could tell the TE was giving it everything he had in the pursuit. I happen to be of the belief, not just because the offense has gotten off to kind of a sluggish start in this camp, that for these guys on this side of the football to create splash, it's going to have to look a lot like this, meaning some kind of quick slant, quick out. Uh, picture those really darting diagonal routes that Claypool would run on occasion last year when Matt Canada was trying anything to get Ben to you know, move the football across the middle. 
more often than not, they didn't amount to much, but more often than not, you know, the other guys had nine, 10 in the box. So there were a bunch of people there waiting to tackle Chase. If you put this kid into a position behind the first level, maybe even behind the second level of the defense, and you can get the ball to him and show him multiple blades of grass that he can use, you're going to jump out of your seat every time he catches it because there's going to be something very, very good that follows. This is fun. This is a neat draft pick. Needs to be treated as more than just an asterisk. When we come back, J1Q... of Steelers is brought to you by our friends at Mike's Beer Bar. They're located directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. They are the one, the only, the premier destination in Pittsburgh for craft beer. More than 500 craft beers available, more than 350 of those local, and more than 80 of those on tap. Mike's can't be topped, not for beer, not for the awesome kitchen and menu that's available, not for all the special events that are going on there. Check them out online at mikesbeerbar.com. Mike's Beer Bar, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. And today's J1Q comes from Michael, who asks, DK, you say the offensive line looks better this year when it comes to the run game, but they're running against a 31st-ranked run defense from last year. So is it that the O-line looks better? Or is it only because the run D is still bad? Michael, the correct answer to this, and I don't even think it's an opinion, the correct answer is that we don't know a blessed thing. And that everything that you're hearing out of this camp, including from me, needs to be weighted down with the heaviest of weights. Because it just doesn't matter that much. We're trying on this end of the equation, to give you meaningful stuff from these drills. I tried to lay out a really hyper-specific description of one routine pass and one routine drill that didn't even involve a defender to open the last segment, okay? That doesn't make them important. It just means it's all we have at this stage. When we see preseason games... We're going to know who's blocking and who isn't. We're going to know who's creating holes, who isn't. We're going to know who's caught up with the playbook and who hasn't. It just can't get shown in this setting, not even in full pads 11 on 11. I'm sorry, it just can't. We're picking up scraps here and nothing more. Now, that said... Staying within the scope that I just gave there, meaning these scraps, understand that the defensive line hasn't had Larry Ogunjobi or Tyson Alualu, but it has had a front, a full five-man front, if that's the formation, 
that includes Cam Hayward and TJ Watt. Now, was it a coincidence that yesterday Mitch Trubisky had his best day of camp, meaning on the day that Mike Tomlin gave TJ and Cam vet days off? Probably not. I wouldn't want to be throwing over that big paw over the middle, and I sure wouldn't want to have to be looking out of the corner of my eye for number 90. It makes a difference. It absolutely makes a difference. My contention is that this offensive line already looks far more fluid and functional than it did at this same stage last summer at Heinz Field. Okay, can we accept that as having at least a small amount of meaning? And my contention is supported publicly by what we're hearing from the Steelers themselves, which, by the way, we didn't always hear around this time of year last summer. My further contention is that if this offensive line gets exposed by Cam, by TJ, by Ogunjobi, by Alualu, by whoever on that defensive front, once everybody's back, in the very short term, though it might not feel like it, that's a positive. You want to find out now what people are doing wrong rather than at Paul Brown Stadium. You want to find out who's missing assignments, who's not covering for the other guy when they're supposed to, who's not pulling when they have to be. You get the idea here. This is the time to find all that stuff out. It is absolutely unequivocally not the time to be assigning grades or anything of the like. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. Be doing one more of these tomorrow, and then I'm heading overseas for a week-long vacation slash pilgrimage with my 18-year-old son. More on that tomorrow. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.